0: Read your Bible this morning and stand with me as we honor the reading of the wonderful Word of the Lord. Today we are looking in the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter number 5, book of Ephesians chapter number 5, and verse number 25. The book of Ephesians chapter number 5, and verse number Twenty. Are you there? Or you have it on the screen? All right. Paul writes and he says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. This is what I want you to get out of that verse Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. I'm using for my subject this morning, I love my church. Amen. Father, I thank you again today for this privilege, Lord, of standing behind, Lord, the pulpit today and declaring the word of the Lord. Father, I am totally and completely dependent upon you today for your anointing, Lord, to empower and enable me today to deliver the word. Father, help us to receive the word this morning. Let us embrace the word of God that we hear today, Father, for the glory of God. And we thank you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord you may be reseated this morning. Well, for the month of August, we're going to be having a campaign that we're going to be calling I love my church. Now, although this is a campaign, it is much much more than that to me. And it's not just a campaign, but it is a fact. I love my church. Well, this morning as I uh, introduce this campaign to you, I want to give you some reasons why I love my church. So I'm going to be making an acrostic this morning out of the word church. And with each letter in this uh, word, I'm going to tell you why I love my church. So let's get started this morning for the C in the word church. I love my church because Christ loves My church. I love my church today because Christ loves my church. Our text said, Ephesians 5 and 25, Christ loved the church. You say, Pastor, how much did Christ love the church? Well, Christ loved the church enough he was willing to die for the church. Ephesians 5 and 25 again, Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. The New Living Translation, Christ loved the church and gave up his life for her. How much did Christ love the church? He he loved the church enough that he was willing to lay down his life. He loved the church. He loved you and me. He loved New Bethel enough that he died for the church. My question to you this morning is how much do you love your church? Christ loved the church enough that he was willing to lay down his life and and give his life up for the church. How much do you love your church this morning? Would you die for your church? Would you die for New Bethel? Christ loved his church enough to die for it. You know, some Christians don't even love their church enough to even stand by it in a crisis. Christ loved it enough that he gave his life. He loved the church enough that he laid down his life on the cross for the church. And some of us are not even willing to love our church enough to even see it through a crisis. Some people today don't even love their church enough to endure anything. If somebody says something. If somebody offends them in some way. If someone doesn't speak to them. If the leadership does some, any little bitty something or other that they don't agree with, off they go to another church. Hey, Christ loved the church enough to die for it. Don't we love it enough to endure a few imperfections in the church? Come I mean, you understand this morning, life's not perfect. The church is not perfect. I know it's not because you're here. I know it because I'm here. I was going to get around to it. Life's not perfect. The church is not perfect. Your marriage is not perfect. I believe that I have a great marriage. I I believe that my marriage is as good and as wonderful and as strong as anybody's marriage. But it's not perfect. My wife is an incredible person. Everybody loves my wife. She is an awesome, unbelievable, incredible person, but she's not perfect. She hurts my feelings sometimes. You didn't think I had any. She hurts my feelings sometimes. She, she disappoints me sometimes. For once in a while, the runny in my eggs not perfect, huh? <laughs> she disappoints me sometimes. She makes me mad sometimes. But I don't leave her and go find me another woman because she's not perfect. Because I love her, I stay with her through thick and thin, through ups and downs. I love my church. I love it because Christ loved my church. And He loved my church enough that He laid down His life for my church. Let's look at the H in our acrostic of the word church. I love my church this morning. I I love my church because for the H, it's a happening church. I don't know about you, but I, I just happen to believe that New Bethel is a happening church. Oh, you can look at this church or that church or some other church and see that maybe things are more, there's more people, there's more things are going on. But I want to tell you, by and large, and especially in compared to, to 98% of the churches out there, New Bethel is a happening church. Great things are happening at New Bethel. We've got a great staff. Oh, you missed it. I said, we've got a great staff. We have paid staff for every age group of people in New Bethel. And every single one of our staff members have great hearts. They love God and they love people. Not everybody on staff in every church loves God and loves people. But oh, we've got a great staff A New Bethel. They are awesome, incredible people that love God and they love you. And every single one of them is loaded with gifts and loaded with talents that fit their particular ministry. Let me tell you, as senior pastor, I have never been more excited about a staff than I am about the staff that I have right now. I love my church. It's a happening church. We've got a great staff. We have great ministries, Royal Rangers, Impact Girls Clubs. Well, they're not all they ought to be. You know what? Most churches can't even have them. No, they're not perfect. No, they're not fully staffed. Yes, there are problems. Yes, there are needs in all of our ministries, but thank God we have them and they're viable. Uh, Amen, we've got great ministries, Royal Rangers, Impact Girls Clubs, Project 1440 Youth, Caleb's, Ushers and Greeters, Women's Ministry, Men's Ministry, Landscape Ministry, Dust, Bridge, Worship Team, and on and on and on. We have great ministries at New Bethel. We have great opportunities, amen. We, we take missions trips every single year. We go to camps, we go to conventions, we go to retreats. We take time for spiritual renewal every single year at New Bethel. We offer many opportunities for people to use their gifts and their talents and their opportunities. I love my church because there are great opportunities at New Bethel. We have great vision. Our slogan is not our for and no more. We desire to reach more people through giving and going and doing. In the past two years, or the, excuse me, in the past four years, we have helped to mother two brand new churches. We have helped mother two brand new churches in the Metroplex, and both of those churches are viable churches today, and both of those churches are growing and moving forward, and both of those churches are highly uh, uh, involved in missions giving. And we are presently helping to support a struggling established church right now. And we recently voted to expand this facility or relocate to a much more visible site, whichever works out, in order to reach more people. New Bethel is a church of vision. Our eyes are on the future and not on the past. Amen. We never intend to stop growing, going, and expanding our sphere of influence until Jesus comes. Amen. We have vision at New Bethel. I love my church this morning. We've seen great growth. New Bethel has tripled in size and in finance in the past seven years. Our missions giving has gone from a low of $16,000 a year to as high as $153,000. And we've given over $100,000 to mission each of the last three years. And we are on track to do it again this year. I love my church. I think my church is a happening church. I want to be involved in a church that's doing something and going somewhere. I love my church this morning. Let's move on to our acrostic of the word church. Let's look at the U and our acrostic of this word church. I love my church because it's an uncompromising church. An uncompromising church. We are willing to change our methods at New Bethel, but the message is still sacred. We won't water down, we won't sugarcoat the gospel. At this church. Truth. Is still preached. From this pulpit. We're not trying to be politically correct. We love the sinner, but we hate the sin. And hear me this morning, I won't back up, I won't sidestep, and I won't tiptoe through the tulips, the uncompromised word of the living God. Amen, it's still going to be thundered from behind this pulpit. We still believe and preach that the Bible is the infallible word of God. We don't believe that it contains the word of God. We believe it is the word of God. We still believe and teach that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. He's not one of many ways. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes unto the Father but by me. So we still preach that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Amen. We still believe and teach the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. I love my church because it is an uncompromising Church. Paul wrote to young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. He said, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. I'm making an acrostic today with the word church to express the, uh, to you why I love my church. I love my church because the C, because Christ loves my church. I love my church because it's a happening church. I love my church because it's an uncompromising church. Let's look at the R in the word church. I love my church because of the racial diversity. The racial diversity in my church. Hear me this morning. All races and colors are welcome at New Bethel. <laughs> Hey, we even have a little brown sugar on our staff. Amen. Mm Let me tell you something this morning. If you just happened in here, let me inform you. This is not a good old boys club. This ain't just a good old boy white man church. Amen. Everybody of every color and every nation is embraced and welcomed and loved and invited at New Bethel. I love my church. Hmm. James 3 and 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, and without partiality, and without hypocrisy. How many understand, Arlington is a melting pot. People of all colors and nations live in Arlington, America, did you know there will be no segregation in heaven? Did you hear about the black man and the white man that are sitting beside each other on the airplane and they were fussing over the color of God? And the black man said to the white man, I have you, no, God is black. And the white man said, uh uh-uh. uh, no, God is white. About that time, the plane crashed. And the black man and the white man stood at the pearly gates together. God appeared at the pearly gates and he said to them, Buenos dias, amigos. I love my church. I love the Hispanics that attend New Bethel, especially when we have church dinners. I'm telling you, I've already put in my order. We're going to have tacos and enchiladas and fajitas at the marriage supper of the Lamb. You can have your cracker and juice if you want to. My my cracker's going to be a tortilla, amen. I love the African Americans that come here to church. They add a little soul to our church. I love the African people from Nigeria and Kenya and other African countries. Let me tell you something. Americans could learn from them. They come to America to learn. We need to learn from them. Americans, the American church needs to learn from the African church. Because the African church loves and reveres and respects the man of God, they love their pastor. Nobody loves their pastor like the Africans love their pastor. Amen. When Pam wants to throw a pie in the face of the pastor for missions, or or or. Uh, Whatever, everything they've done, everything in the (laughs) world—throw a pie in the face, or what? What? what, Huh? Slime you? All that kind. The African people don't like that. You don't do that to the man of God. I love. I love it when they come in here dressed in their native dress. One of these days you're going to see me and I'm going to preach in an African captain. <laughs> Gonna do it. And I love the Asians that come to our church and the people from the Ukraine that come to our church and every other color and every other nation that attends New Bethel. I, amen. Hey, I even love you white folk here at New Bethel. Amen. <laughs> Truth be known this morning, I think we've got some of the greatest people on planet earth that attend New Bethel. Amen. I love my church. Let's look at the second C in our acrostic of the word church. I love my church. Are you going to still shout after I get done with this point? I've been setting you up. Well, at least you don't have a dummy for a pastor. I love my church because it is changeable. Oh, that was weak. I said, because it is changeable. I already said it. The message is sacred. Methods are not. The message never changes. Methods come and methods go. I love my church because we're not stuck in a rut. I love my church because we're not steeped in tradition. I want to tell you, I've said it many times. I'll tell you again. One of the reasons that I was willing to come to this church with all the warts that it had, a lot it wasn't exactly, they weren't standing in line to pastor this church seven years ago. One of the reasons I was willing to come to this church and willing to become your pastor was because you had Sunday school at 5 o'clock on Sunday night. Now that's a weird thing, I know. That's a strange thing for a pastor to be willing to go to a church because they had Sunday school at 5 o'clock. What does that have to do with anything? It let me know you were willing to get out of the box. And i had been out of the box for years. I come from a place where I started the church. I started from scratch. I'm not saying this was wisdom, but I would get up at harvest time for 10 years, and I would tell them, if you come in here from another church, I would tell them, don't tell me, uh, you know, we didn't do it like this over there. I said, if it was so good over there, what are you doing over here? I didn't say that was wisdom, but I did it about every Sunday for 10 years. Well, it's not our tradition. Well, we didn't have any. We can make up our own and do our own mistakes. Amen. I got out outside of the box a long time ago. And I'll tell you something. I'm not willing to get back in the box. If you want somebody in the box, you got the wrong guy. I'm sorry. Amen. And I came here, willing to come here. Because you had Sunday school at 5 o'clock on Sunday evening. Everybody knows you have Sunday school at 9.30 or 9.45 on Sunday morning. Everybody knows that. I mean, that's when Jesus held Sunday school with the 12 disciples. (laughs) Oh, he didn't? Oh, Sunday school's only been around a couple hundred years. 150 years, whatever. A little over 100 years. Church's been around 2,000. Hmm. Hmm. but the fact that you held Sunday school at five o'clock let me know that you were willing to change because I'm not interested listen I'm not interested in pastoring a church that is not willing to change and be flexible and embrace new methods the church I'm willing to pastor will be willing to step outside of the box and try new things listen friend if the new method doesn't work we can always go back to what wasn't working before Some of you will get that about next week sometime. (laughs) Now, I also found out later that some of you came kicking and screaming, but you still came. (laughs) Let me tell you something very interesting. I didn't make this up. This is true. History tells us that people initially resist change. How come we elect a president because we want change and we kick the preacher out because we don't want change? (laughs) Oh, that was good. history tells us that people initially resist change. And eventually then they embrace the change. And then they fall in love with the change. And then they fight to keep the change that they initially resisted. 2010 was prophesied to be a year for change. I don't think I'm going to be stoned for being a false prophet. When God spoke these, uh, this word to me, I had no idea what it meant. Every end of the year, I get alone with God and I ask Him for a theme or I ask Him for direction or I ask Him for what He's going to do in the coming year. And most, of, not always, but most of the time, God will give me a word, or He'll give me, a, you know, a direction or whatever. And and I never have, I don't ever have a clue what that means. I just start seeking God and following God and see where it leads us. And when God spoke this word, changed to me. I had no idea what it meant. I had no agenda. For those of you that think I'm smart enough to have an agenda, thank you for your confidence in me. I didn't have an agenda. I had no preconceived ideas. I wasn't trying to use this as some type of manipulation a scheme. Manipulation is witchcraft, and I will not have any part of it. I simply prayed. I asked God for a word for 2010, and change is the word that God gave me. As clear as he ever spoke to me any other time, God spoke the word, change to me. And a couple of weeks after I got this word from God, Pastor Carl resigns. And goes to Fort Worth, the pastor. That's a pretty big change for somebody been around this church as long as this man had been. And it's been a steady diet of change ever since. None of it pre-planned by me. Well, this morning I want to lay out for you our fall schedule. More change. Turn to your neighbor and say, more change. More change. This is our fall schedule. I know it's the last Sunday of July. It will take effect after Labor Day. I'm telling you now. So you'll have some time to process it. See the. The staff and myself and the deacons, we've had, we've had time to process. We've had time to pray. We've had time to plan and all this. So I'm telling you now so you'll have some time to process it before it, before it takes effect. This schedule comes after much prayer and after much planning. This schedule is backed totally by my entire staff as well as my board. All of our Sunday school teachers, role ranger leaders, impact girls leaders, uh, youth sponsors, CE director, on and on the leadership have been informed of this schedule already. Let me just tell you this morning that I'm very, 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 very excited about the fall. I'm very, very excited about New Bethel. I'm very excited about the direction that we're headed. I'm very excited about what God has placed in our heart. I'm very excited about what God's going to do for us in the fall. I believe he's going to do amazing things in the fall. I totally believe that the direction that we are headed will prove to be an incredible blessing to this church. I really and truly believe that this new schedule will make us a more well-rounded church. We're going to do some things on purpose. A church, most churches don't do anything on purpose. They just follow a schedule that they've had for 50 or 60 years. And there was a purpose, there was a plan, there was a reason initially why the time and the place and all of these things. There was a time when it was there was a purpose for every for all of it, but that those purposes are not the same anymore. And so we're going to try and be more intentional. We're going to try and do some things in New Bethel on purpose. So let me fall, let me schedule Let me share the fall schedule with you. That was tongues, if you didn't get that. Let me share the fall schedule with you. Sunday mornings, we're going to call the celebration. We already do that. Sunday morning will be the celebration at 9 o'clock and at 11 o'clock in, on Sunday morning. We're going to celebrate the Lord. What you have experienced the past few months is going to continue. Exciting, exuberant praise. Spirit-seeking, God-honoring worship. A life-changing, heart-searching, biblically sound, relevant word from God. Time in the altar to cement the word that we have heard in our hearts. A time to respond. That's the Celebration. On Sunday nights, on the second and fourth Sunday. And Pastor Braden, just reminding you, we do have handouts at the end. There, you are on top of things, amen. On, sec, on, on Sunday nights, on the second and the fourth Sunday of the month, we're going we're to have home groups. Home groups on the second and the fourth Sunday nights of the month. Small fellowship groups, main and targeted at fellowship. We'll do some other things, but by and large, it is a fellowship group meeting in people's homes. And so we're calling Sunday nights The Connection. The Connection. On the second and fourth Sunday nights of the month, we're going to connect with one another. We're going to get to know one another. We're going to share our hearts with one another. We're going to laugh together and we're going to cry together. How many understand that the bigger that the church gets, the more we must work at connecting people and making people feel a part of the whole. And you don't get to know people by running in here right on time or five minutes late, having church and then running out of here going to the restaurant. Re- relationships must be Developed. And half of our people that come to New Bethel, the only time you come is on Sunday morning. And you haven't connected with anybody. And we want to get you connected. We want you to be a part of the whole. We want to get you to know somebody intimately. We want to get you connected. The purpose for the connection is to develop relationships within our church. And also to be able to invite non-church people to our group a place where they can go that isn't threatening to them like a big church service is to some sinners. And Pastor Braden is going to be in charge of this and he's going to teach and train and follow up on the people selected to be hosts and hostesses of these home meetings. The Sunday nights that these connection groups don't meet will be designated for family time. Some of those Sunday nights will be used for training And some of those Sunday nights will be used for uh, special events, special services. Maybe a praise rally or Sunday night in revival or or special events and special things. Maybe a picnic, whatever, special events and things. But many, many of those Sunday nights will be uh, given to family time because we believe in the family at New Bethel. Sunday nights will be the connection. And Wednesday night... We're calling the cultivation. The cultivation. The word cultivate means to develop or improve by education or training. And so we will cultivate on Wednesday nights. We will will develop. We will improve by education and training. And here's the lineup for Wednesday night. Impact Girls Clubs will will continue to meet. Royal Rangers will continue to meet. Project 1440 Youth Ministries will continue to meet. And then we will have adult elective classes on Wednesday nights. Royal Rangers, Impact, and Project 1440 will go immediately to their individual ministries at 7 o'clock. All the adults that are not involved in ministry with Royal Rangers Impact and Project 1440, all of the adults will begin in the auditorium at 7 o'clock with a time of praise and worship and prayer. By 7.30, the adults will be in their class. Pastor Houston will continue his Bible class that that has been meeting on Sunday evenings. And his will be an ongoing class. But besides his class, then we will have four other classes that will uh, teach on specific subjects. And these classes will last for eight weeks. That's a long time to be in a class, eight weeks before they dismiss that class, huh? <laughs> now these classes will last for eight weeks. Once you have been in one of these classes for eight weeks, you will then change to a different class and be taught a different subject and teachers will also be rotated in and out over those uh, uh, every 8 weeks in order to allow more people to teach and to give a break to some of the teachers from time to time This fall schedule is going to help us be more intentional in what we do. We're going to do some things on purpose. Not just because we've always done them, but we're going to do them on purpose. Trying to be more well-rounded. Trying to do more for the kingdom of God. Never forget the definition of insanity. And that is doing the same thing, but expecting different results. And remember, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. So we're going to be about three different things in our meeting times together. We're going to be about celebration. And nobody's going to celebrate like we do. We're going to celebrate on Sunday morning. It's going to be an awesome time of celebration. But we're not all just about celebration. And a whole host of churches, that's all they ever do. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. You can't tell one from the other. All they do is celebrate. We need to celebrate. But that's not all we need to do. We're also going to be about connection. Making a connection with other Christian brothers and sisters. Relationships. But we're not just going to be about celebrating and not just be about connecting, but we're also going to be about cultivating. Cultivating our gifts and our talents and our abilities. Developing and improving by education and training. We're going to be about celebrating and connecting and cultivating. I love my church. I hope you still do. Let's look at the last letter in our acrostic of the word church. For the H, I I love my church because it's a harvesting church. Now this is the theme of next Sunday's sermon, so let me just mention it and then we'll be done. We're all about the harvest at New Bethel. We're all about souls. Missions is top priority at New Bethel. I love my church because it is much bigger than what you see here on Sunday morning. First of all, what you see here on Sunday morning, there's a church just this big or bigger that meets right at 11 o'clock. When you're out of here, there's a whole other group that comes in. This church is twice as big as what you see on Sunday morning. But I love my church because it is much, much bigger than both of our services combined. But oh, our church is huge. Thousands and even millions of people are reached because of New Bethel. Around the world, as we link together with missionaries and ministries and there are ministers that are being trained overseas to reach their own people we are partners with these training ministries listen the fingerprints of new bethel can be found all over the world i love my church not only because of missions but we're also about local outreach Dust, a ministry of New Bethel, does outreaches to apartment complexes and also is targeting some Chinese students that are here temporarily, leading them to Christ and then sending them back to China as missionaries. Dust, a ministry of New Bethel. Pastor Steve leads teams in local outreaches through a fifth quarter football, uh, during football season. A trip to inner city New York, Mission Arlington, Fellowship of Christian Athletes and other means. Chi Alpha has outreaches that we support. VBS is an outreach that we support. Fall Festival is an outreach that we support. I love my church. If we could get the musicians and singers back in place this morning. I love my church. Yes, this is a theme. Yes, you're going to hear about it until you're sick of hearing about it. You're going to hear about it for the entire month of August. This is just the introduction to the campaign. It is a campaign, but let me tell you something. It's far more than a campaign to me, and it's far more than a campaign to our staff. Amen. I'm going to tell you, it is a reality. It is a fact. I love my church. Don't read anything into this, but if I didn't, I wouldn't be here. My life's too short. I love my church. I love it because because Christ loves my church. He loved my church enough that He died for my church. And yet some people don't love their church enough to even endure anything or put up with anything. Bless your heart. You're going to stay married, you're going to, have to put up with some things. You're going to keep your job, you're going to have to put up with some things.
1: If you're going to live in this world, you're going to have to put up with
0: some things. Everybody don't always see things the way we see them. Don't always make us happy. I love my church enough that even if somebody doesn't like me or somebody says something and they do, I, I'm not immune. You think I'm not? I'm, I'm a woman. I'm, not, I'm an easy target. Amen. I love my church because Christ loved my church. I love my church because it's a happening church if you don't think it's a happening church you need to look around it's a happening church there's good things happening there's awesome things happening there's incredible things that are happening I love my church because it's an uncompromising church we're not going to be mean and ugly we're going to present the truth the whole truth And nothing but the truth. And we're not gonna back up and we're not gonna whitewash and we're not gonna sugarcoat. And I love my church because it's a racially diverse church. I love my church because it's changeable oh some people come they come along you know dragging their heels and squealing and yelling and screaming but they still come I love my church because it's a it's a harvesting church it's just not not just a feel good self-help program or club, lives are drastically changed. I know you don't hear a whole lot about it, but people come to me all the time and tell me how drastic their life has changed because of the ministry of New Bethel the last few years. And when you see people every Sunday and every Sunday night or Wednesday or whenever that you see them, you know, you know when it comes and it's so gradual, you don't, you forget where they started. You know, when you have a family reunion and you bring your family with you, you don't even think about the fact the last time you had a family reunion, your kid was this tall. Now they're this tall. And everybody's going, "Wow, look at your kid!" You didn't even recognize their growth because it was gradual. And everybody else said, "Wow." Last time I saw your kid, you know, they were this and other. We don't change in the church from here to here overnight. But in a process of time, we grow and we grow and we grow and we grow. And we're changed. I was telling my wife the other day, if I didn't believe it, I couldn't do what I do. People still mess up. Yeah, they don't mess up as bad as often. That's progress. I love my church I hope you do would you stand with me this morning hallelujah glory to God